You're listening to the Better Life Broadcast with wealth building specialist Adrian L. Blue and Team Wekoa. We're on the road teaching and empowering people to build wealth with the trinity of wealth creation, gold, silver, and cryptocurrency. Email your questions or comments to bluewealthsolutions at gmail.com. Visit us online at adrianlblue.com. Let's get started building a better you for a better life. This is Pastor Blue of the Better Life Empowerment Movement welcoming you to our morning, Saturday morning hour of power, which we call I'm Worthy of Wealth. That's right. Get ready, everybody. This Saturday and every Saturday, we gather together to study the biblical principles of wealth creation, the mindset and the method. Write those two things down. The mindset of wealth creation what does it mean to be wealthy? What type of mind should you have as a wealthy person? And the methods. The methods is the techniques, the tools, the things that the scriptures give insight and understanding to uh, on how to create wealth. And, and we're in the midst of, our, of a series on Saturdays where we're dealing with and we're talking about generosity. Somebody say generosity. Generosity. Now, why is that important? It's important to understand generosity for this reason. Generosity is God's idea. One of the ways that he empowers you to walk in wealth is that he can know and understand that you will be generous. God is looking for someone in this realm, earthly realm, whom he can use, whom he can work through, whom he can empower. And guess what? When you show yourself generous, when you have that mindset of generosity, that will not come automatic. It must be trained. It must be taught. It must be engaged. We're not generous by nature. We're, we're stingy by nature. But when you learn how to be generous and move according to that generosity, you then begin to see the hand of God like never before flow upon you. And let me tell you this. Even being a biblical teacher of truth, I myself even a, a, a challenge and check my own self or my levels of generosity to see how I can go higher, how I can do more, how I can go further. And this is what I want. we want to deal with uh, really today. As we picked up on last week and we've given you principles according to the Word of God, we're going to do so again this week. And we're going to show you, according to generosity, how generosity is even better than greed. And we're going to get started with that. But first, let's open with a word of prayer. Please get your Bibles. You really want to take notes because I'm going to cover uh, on this teaching five ways, five, and, and I want you to hear me very clearly on this, five examples of generosity in the Bible and how we can follow them, how we can follow them. Because if you have the issue with giving, then please, ma'am, please, sir, don't ask God to increase you. Don't ask God to increase you in an area that you yourself don't want to do. Why? It is counterproductive. Why would God increase you inside of an area where he knows it's going to create more of a stingy, self-centered, self-focused part of you? And that's not the will of God. 
Because God wants you to have everything you need. He wants you to have more than that. Because in God, there is nothing that's just enough. There's not a just enough in God. There's a more than enough, more than enough. And we see that all throughout scriptures, we see that all throughout the plan and the hand of God, uh, as we study the word of God, how he gives you more than enough that as you also are able to take care of your needs, you're able to then reach out to people and others in their needs. Are you feeling what I'm saying? And that's what it's all about. So with that in mind, I want to encourage each and every one of you. Thank you for tuning in today. It's still time to go text somebody, share with somebody. Hey, join us. We're on the line. You don't want to miss it. Today, we're going to be dealing with I'm worthy of wealth. And we're going to be putting a focus on what it means to be generous. Because I believe that when you learn how to be generous, then guess what? You will be positioned to with generosity when you learn how to be it. But on the other end, if you don't, then I don't care how much you pray for, believe for, decree for. Why will God increase a stingy person? Think about it. Just like promotion. Why will God promote somebody to a position or to a place that will not serve his righteous cause? Think about that for a moment. Some of you who want to be promoted, you want to be promoted on your jobs. You want to be pr- promoted in areas of influence. Well, the question is, if you get there, how would you represent the kingdom? How would you represent the Lord? How would you? And if you don't know how you would do that, then maybe that's one reason why it has yet to happen. Our lives have to be totally committed and devoted unto him. And I'm going to tell you this. There's no one who commits their life to the things of God whom God doesn't bless in the long run. He doesn't, that, that, whom God doesn't increase after all. And I'm going to tell you this. If I myself felt as if this does not work, the principles of God does not work, I wouldn't teach him. If I felt that living for God in a totally committed way does not work, I myself wouldn't do it. And I know the challenges that comes in seasons, but it's the testing of your faith. It's a working of your patience to prepare you for even greater. And that's what we're going to look at. So let's bow our head for a word of prayer. Grab your Bibles in your hand. Get your pens and notebook. I want you to take copious notes today because it's going to serve for your betterment. Amen. And again, thank you for joining us early this morning on a Saturday morning to rise, shine, give God the glory, but learn of his goodness. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, today we thank you and we give you praise. We believe that we are in the right place and this is the right time. Now, Father, open up every door that needs to be opened and close every door that needs to be closed. Allow us, oh God, to move with a passion and a, and a, and a, a, a fervency when it comes to the things uh, of ministry. Let us begin to understand how, Lord, you are looking for people whom you can use, whom you can work through whom you can raise up to be beacons of light in, in this world of darkness. And God, we say, as we lift our hand, here we are. If you can use anything, Lord, use us. Use us. And we thank you for that process and that blessing in the process. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. All right, grab your Bibles in your hand, if you will. Um, we're going to be taking a journey through the Word of God, and I'm going to be asking some readers. So if you don't mind reading, get ready to clear your throat right now, uh, because we're going to be looking at some uh, examples in the Word of God of what it means to be uh, generous. And this is all why you got to realize you're worthy of wealth. 
Many people, when it comes to building and creating wealth, they, they don't want to do it because they don't feel like they can do it or that they're worthy of it. It's a mindset. Remember those two things, mindset and method, mindset and method. Write that down, mindset and method. You got to have the right mindset and you got to know the right method. And they go both go hand in hand. There's some people who have the, the mindset of being wealthy, but they don't know the methods. So therefore, they're stuck. There's some people who have the methods, but they don't have the mindset. So every time they earn or, or create wealth, it goes out the window because they're not moving in this place and space of generosity. And this is what God desires for those who trust in him. So what is generosity? Because I want you to realize, and please write this down, take note, generosity and wealth go hand in hand. Wealth and generosity goes hand in hand. And if you're going to be wealthy, you must understand what it means to be generous. If you're going to be wealthy, you must understand what it means to be generous. I'm of the firm persuasion that when a person accepts Christ in their life and they live for the Lord, not only must we learn uh, how to walk the faith walk, the walk of faith, that's a learned behavior. It's not something that happens automatically. You learn how to trust God. Oh my gosh, do I know. You learn how to move with God. So it's a learned behavior. But then I believe that every believer should study wealth and prosperity. Why is that important? Because it's not going to come automatically. But you should study it and know what, why God wants you to be wealthy and what's the purpose of your wealth. And that purpose is summed up in this one word, five syllables, generosity. One word, five syllables, generosity. All right. Now, first of all, let's let's examine this because generosity is a lifestyle that gives freely and lives open handedly. Generosity is a lifestyle that gives freely and, and lives open handedly. Generosity is the amount beyond your first tenth that you give to this ministry. Uh, 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 of course, we teach 201070, but generosity is beyond that. Generosity is not saying, well, God, I'm just doing a bare minimum and expecting the maximum. No, generosity is saying, Lord, whatever is needed, use me. Because I can assure you that generosity is better than greed. Now, we can't make a statement like that. And this is why we teach on Saturday morning without really understanding the difference between generosity and greed. What is the difference between the two? What is the difference between generosity and greed? And why is generosity better than greed? Well, let's look at what greed is first. Greed is an insatiable desire for more. Greed is about grasping, craving, acquiring, then hoarding. When generosity is about giving, it's about love, it's about blessing, and it's about handling or managing. Now, you got to understand this, and I want to show you this according to the teaching today. By the time we're done with this teaching, you should have a greater understanding. Greed is not godly. Greed is not godly. Christians ignore and mock God's word when they do not honor God with giving him, at the very least, the first 10, even though we teach 20%, going to the kingdom of God, if they don't give that income, uh, of their entire income to the kingdom of God. And, and the way we do that is through ministries like The Better Life. See, there are some people, because of greed, they try to rationalize or even justify, and some even attempt to explain it away biblically why they shouldn't give. How in the New Covenant, we don't have to tithe and this and that. Now think about that for a moment here. 
even if you don't have to in the new covenant, show me where giving is bad when it goes to promoting the kingdom of God. Show me where giving is an issue. Now, I believe that the only people who make a big deal about not tithing is those who have greed in their heart whereby they don't tithe. And I've ruined a lot of relationships. And I'm talking about uh, uh, of other pastors and teachers who I've challenged them on this point. Now, I don't care how much you try to find the scriptures to speak against how in the New Testament we're under grace. And if that be the case, of course, it's not at 10 percent. You give according to how you want to be blessed. In the New Testament, if that's the case, you give according to how you want to be blessed, which means that if you want to be blessed abundantly, guess how you should be given? Abundantly. Because you can't be given sparingly and, and want to be blessed abundantly. That goes against biblical principle. So even when it comes to some people who try to rationalize or justify, even some people who try to explain it away biblically, I have never, and I want you to hear me clearly, never discovered anyone who practiced giving, who practiced tithing and generosity and, 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 and not be blessed as a result of it or try to explain it away biblically. See, we got to grow in our faith enough to understand that when we do not give biblically, both by tithing or practicing gen generosity, we are not walking in godliness. We're not living according to the things of God because everything about the Lord is generosity. Remember Jesus in the, uh, 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 Jesus when he fed the 5,000? And that was only the 5,000 men, not counting the, the women and children, which would have put that number well above 5,000. The first thing he did was turn to the disciples and say, hey guys, what do we have? The disciples looked and said, well, here's a boy who offered his lunch, only two fish and five barley loaves, which are small little barley loaves. Jesus lifted it up, gave thanks unto the Father for his provision, and then blessed everybody. He was generous. Jesus didn't say, okay, y'all, y'all came for a service. I heal you. I preach you the word. I'll teach you the truth. Now, y'all go y'all way because uh, me and my disciples got to go eat. He didn't do that. He took what he had. He said, well, God, we give thanks because all that we have come from you. And he then began to give it all to the disciples to distribute. And when it was all said and done, watch what happened from the generosity of this boy who only had two fish and five loaves of bread. Barley loaves, which was more like rolls or small, mini, itty bitty uh, uh, loaves. Not the loaves that you think when you go to the grocery store and buy. All right. After the disciples begin to give that out to all the people who were in need, the scriptures say that they had baskets left over. Now, who did all those baskets go to? Some people would say, well, each disciple had his own basket. No, that's not the truth. No, those 12 baskets that was left over was the surplus of the, that little boy because he gave he gave freely. And I'm sure he was hungry too. Why else would he have been there? My grandfather used to teach it this way. Only God can open up a fish, a fish stand and bakery in the middle of the desert. <laughs> Amen. But it shows you the heart and the generosity of this young guy who says, hey, this is what I have. Gave it to the disciples. The disciples gave it to Jesus. Jesus then multiplied it and then it went back. Now, of course, the disciples had their field too. They ate as well. Don't get me wrong. You muzzle not the ox that treaded the corn. You understand? The disciples were working. So, yes, they should have eaten. But here's the thing. Everybody was met with generosity. And this is why I want you to understand that when you're not practicing generosity, you are not walking in godliness. See, we got to grow our faith enough to understand 
that when you give biblically in both tithing and practicing generosity, you are now doing according to God's will. Because greed, greed is not godly. I said greed is not godly. Greed is not godly. Greed is about how much a person has or does not have. It's not about that. But greed is a matter of the heart. And I've seen greed exist in the lives of those who have very little. I'm talking about people who have issues with tithing and issues with giving into the kingdom of God. Because every time you turn around, there's a need that you so far. I wish I had somebody who understood that. You ever been so far behind that even when you get what would have been <laughs> enough is not enough because you so far in the red? Come on, let's be honest with that. Well, guess what? People who, are, who have little, I've seen them operate with greed. You know, as well as I have seen greed exist in the lives of those who have a whole lot, who are overwhelmed with wealth. And, and watch this here, nice things, and I want you to hear me, there's nothing wrong with you having nice things. They're not wrong until you violate God's principles of giving in order to obtain them. And what do I mean? You can have the nice dress. You can buy the nice suit, buy the nice clothes, you know, get that nice car, get that home. Do, you can get all those things as long as your giving is in this proper place, that you're generous, that you understand all that I have, because it comes from the Lord. But if you're getting these things by way of saying, well, hey, you know what? This is, you know, I work all this week. This is my money. So I'm going to keep it all for me. That mindset is a mindset that God will not and cannot bless. Because there's only one way those with much and those with little avoid greed. There's only one way to avoid greed, whether you have a whole lot or whether you have a little. And that way is through your giving. See, when we give, we show God, Lord, we depend upon you. When we give, we show God that, Lord, all that I have, I'm grateful for. So I want to give back into your kingdom. And when you give your first 10%, and it's important you understand that, because some people think tithing is giving God 10%. No, it's giving God first 10%, and then an offering, or through your generous giving, that's, the, that's why we teach 20% to the kingdom, all right? That you give that of your entire income to the church ministry that feeds you, that empowers you spiritually, that moves you into the place of practicing generosity, See, you completely embrace a lifestyle of giving freely and living open-handedly. That's one of the ways to walk in biblical wealth. And we know it works because as we do every Saturday, we're going to examine at the end of this teaching a, a Christian billionaire. We're going to look at how this Christian billionaire developed their business because they all done it through business. Yes, they did. And how they move with a spirit of generosity. But at, before we get down that, that path, let's look at five examples of generosity in the Bible and how to follow them. You know, I see I couldn't get into un, until we can bring a clarity about greed and generosity. And now that we showed you both, my question is, be honest with yourself now. Be honest with you. Which of you are living on, on, on the side of generosity? And which of you are living on the side of greed? Whereby you don't give God a tithe, you give him a tip. Well, God, this is all I can give you because I need the rest of this for this and that and that and so on and so forth. Listen to me. I promise you, God does not need your money. I want to be very clear. He don't need your money. He don't need you giving anything. Giving is a matter of the heart. What he does need to see is to need to see your availability. He need to see your obedience. He need to see that if he gives it to you and tell you to give it away, you'll do just that. 
I was uh, uh, in Buffalo, New York, and um, um, I had uh, a bracelet on uh, that was, uh, you know, very nice, nice bracelet in prayer beads. I wear a lot of prayer beads because, you know, I try to live a life of prayer. And uh, I, it, I was commented on one of my bracelets. Uh, it was commented by somebody who said, oh, that is nice. Oh, I like that. That's really neat. And immediately, because I'm really challenging myself to go above and beyond generosity, I took the bracelet off and just gave it to the person. No matter how much I pay for it, no matter what it is, no matter how fine materials it's made from and so on and so forth, I took it off and I gave it to them. And I said, you know what? Let me bless you with this. You admired it so much. God bless you. Now, I, I, you know, my point is this. At first instant, it'd be like, well, hey, that's my prayer bracelet. I, you know, that's my prayer bead bracelet. I, I don't know if I want to do that. That's what the flesh says. But because I'm practicing generosity intentionally, I say, you know what? God, you can bless me with even greater. Here, let me bless this person with this. And I explained to them that when you're wearing this and if you're going to pray with each bead, you pray or you lift up an item of concern, an item of care. Cast your cares upon me for I care for you. My point is this. It's just in those little things that generosity can take root inside of you. And when you become generous, you don't, people don't have to beg you to give. You look for ways to give. You say to yourself, you know what, how can I be a blessing to this initiative or to this cause or to this purpose? And that's one of the ways of being walking in wealth. Because again, if you don't, and this is all about the mindset today, by the way. It's about the mindset. I teach you on the method. I always teach you on how, you know, uh, 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 you know uh, how to create cash flow, you know, how to understand income, outgo, you know, assets, liabilities. We're going to talk about all that. That's that's why you come every every Saturday, because we don't cover everything in one sitting. But overall, you begin to learn so much. So let's look at this here. Five examples of generosity in the Bible and how we can follow them. Let's look at it. the first example. Is this, write this down. Generous people often give more than they're asked to give. Generous people often give more than they're asked to give. Now, for an example of that, I'm going to need a reader. I need I need someone who don't mind reading to go to Exodus 36, 1 through 7. Exodus, the 36th chapter, verses 1 through 7. All right, if you have it and you don't mind reading, I want you to unmute your line. Exodus 36, verses 1 through 7. Press star 6 to unmute your line. All lines should be muted. All right, look like, okay, well, I don't, I don't want to prolong because I know we're on the time frame, so I'll go ahead and read. Here's what it says in Exodus 36, verses 1 through 7. And Bilal and Ahelab, and every gifted artisan in whom the Lord has put wisdom and understanding to know how to do all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary, shall do according to all the Lord has commanded. Now, of course, they're building the tabernacle. I want you to understand. They're getting ready to build the church, building the tabernacle. And, and here it is, all the gifted artisans and artisans and all kinds of people there are willing to do according to what the Lord has commanded. Watch verse 2. Then Moses called to Bilal and Ahilab and every gifted artisan in whom 
heart, the Lord has put wisdom. Everyone whose heart was stirred to come to do the work. And they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of making the sanctuary. So they continued bringing to him freewill offerings every morning. That means every day they was given to this cause. Every day. Every day they were given. They won't say, well, I get, I've given and done my part. So I'm good with God. I, I done gave, you know, my 10% or I don't get. No, they will look for ways. Man, how can I do this? Oh, let me start this business. And with the extra from this business, sow into the kingdom of God. See, that's a way for God to bless your business, everybody. That's a way for God to bless you. When your heart is committed to the kingdom of God, you're saying, God, as you increase me, I'm going to increase the kingdom through ministries like Better Life. I'm going to do this. So watch what happens here. We see it in the text in Exodus 36. So they continue bringing to him free will offerings every morning. Verse number four. Then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came each from the work he was doing. And they spoke to Moses saying, watch what they said to Moses. The people are bringing much more than enough for the service of the work of the Lord. Uh, uh, the, the Lord commanded us to do. The people are bringing. So watch verse six. So Moses uh, gave a commandment that caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp saying, let neither man or woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing and giving for the material they had was sufficient for all the work that had to be done. Indeed, it was too much. Wow. Here's here's is what we see. We see they're getting ready to do the work of God. This initiative was building the tabernacle that the people gave so much. Now, not the rich folk. But everybody, from rich and poor, they would do whatever they had to do and they would bring it unto the Lord because they wanted to have a place where they can experience the things of God. And they gave so much that Moses had to send out a decree. Hey, y'all, we got enough. Please stop giving. Please stop giving. I would love for us to be able to say that with every initiative we do. For us to say, okay, guys, we have met our budget and beyond. Okay, that's enough. Don't, don't give any more. Let's save it for our next uh, journey or our next initiative or whatever the case may be. And I'm saying this, that we don't see too many campaigns today where givers are asked to stop giving. But when it does happen, it's a special moment because it shows that people have gotten the spirit of generosity. And if we're going to talk about wealth, please understand, you becoming wealthy is not so you can have the biggest car, the nicest home. Or the biggest home, the nicest car, rather. It's not so you can walk in in, in, in the special, you know, uh, uh, beautiful threads or clothing. It is so that you can say to the Lord, all that I have is, is because you have provided. So, Lord, use me in whatever capacity. God has no problem with you taking the trip. He has no problem with you going there, with you having nice things. But he does want to see that the generosity of your heart helps promote the gospel of Jesus Christ to empower other people. That's what it's all about. Let me give you number two. The second, the second principle here, the second example of generosity is this. Generous people give out of their substance, whether large or small. Now, this time, let's go over to Luke 21, verse 1 through 4. Again, I'm showing you from Scripture. Uh, this is God's idea. This is God's idea. God's idea about giving and generosity. All right, let's go to Luke 
21. Hallelujah. Luke 21. We're going to look at verses 1 through 4. And I think I'm going to read this from the... No, I'll read it from the King James. I'm going to read it from the NIV, but I'll read it from the King James. Okay? Watch this here. Luke 21. Do we have a reader or shall, shall I continue on? That's fine. That works. Luke 21, verses 1 through 4. Now look at this. Look at this. Because I want you to understand here, uh, uh, saints of God, that what we see here is in Luke 21, 1-4, Jesus compares the widow's might to the rich man's gift. Now this demonstrates that the gifts of all are needed and used in God's economy. And it's amazing how generosity works because even with this example, here's somebody who has given... And, and, and she was considered poor in comparison to others, but she was focused. She was focused to give in her two mites. And it was because of this that God was able to bless her. But guess what? It still benefit the work. So whether you're wealthy or whether you're not right now, the generosity is the key. And I've seen more people move from uh, uh, lack Unto more than enough because they was generous. And when you're generous, you forsake you. According to this, if you've been a part of our teachings in any way, I've always teach this. God first, others next, then yourself. God first, others next, then yourself. I've always taught this. I will always teach it because I found this to be the character of Christ. Christ lived that way. God first, he connected with God. He gave unto God what was due him. Then he served others. And then only after that was he concerned about himself. That's why he did the work on the cross. And you might say, well, pastor, I'm not Jesus. Well, you need to be like him. You need to be like him. We all need to develop that mindset to be like him. And just like this woman who gave her, her, her the widow's might, those two mites, she gave those freely. Not because she was coaxed or persuaded or because the minister got up there and said, okay, we need everybody. We, okay, we, we got another, <laughs> we need another hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, and I'm being facetious. Y'all forgive me. But I'm just telling you the spirit of generosity. And it's amazing how this generosity works because I've seen personally young children give of their allowance. And I've seen people of means reach for the largest gift that they can give. But whatever they give, they're taking a biblical stand to promote and live by the way of God and to promote the kingdom of God. I was so moved. I was in West Palm Beach, Florida, and I was uh, in the midst of a teaching or a preaching. I had to I was invited into to a church to minister. And when I was there. Um, you know, we challenge the people to give, of course, you know, uh, you know, you all never come in the presence of a king without a gift. If you're in the presence of God, you always want to have a gift. If you receive it from the word of God, you always want to give a gift. Those of you who, who feel like, well, I'm going to receive the word and I'm never going to give. Listen, that's why you won't have, because you always want to say, Lord, what can I do? And then challenge yourself to do more than that. 
I was so moved because it was just earlier that week, my son, Nicholas, I blessed him with an allowance. He got an allowance uh, early that week. He was doing work while we were on the road, just really being studious, really focusing on his task at hand. And I gave him an allowance. Matter of fact, I blessed him because I you know, haven't done it in a while. So I gave him $20, $20. And when we were doing the offering, uh, 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 you know, my son came around at his own will and volition. And he gave that entire $20. He didn't hold back and say, wait a minute, because they all knew anything you receive, you got to give God his tithe first. You got to give God tithe and offer that 20%. I teach my family this. I live by this, the 20%. So they, they, they already knew $2 belonged to the Lord. But my son didn't go to his mom and say, you know, mom, you got changed for 20. You know, he said he came right around and I'm looking at this and he gave the entire 20. And afterwards, I had a conversation with him and I, because I was curious. I said, son, what prompted you to give the entire $20? He said, dad, because I know that if I give this, God can give me more. And I know that the kingdom of God needed more than I can. Now, that to me moved me because I said, wow, he's getting it. He's getting it. You know, and all the while he, you know, he wanted to buy a cruise ship uh, off of eBay for like $17 and he had the money to do it. But instead, he gave it to the kingdom of God. And that moved me to see the generosity in my son. Because if he lives by that, if he adopt a lifestyle early on right now, he will be wealthy. And he already wants to be. He knows it. He, I mean, you ask him anything about designing a mansion or luxury cars, he can tell you all about it. That whole lifestyle. He loves it. But he understands the aspect of giving. And that's the point I'm saying to you. We got to be like little children in this case to say, God, we trust you. Because giving is a matter of trust. Not because God needs it, but because you know that as you give unto the Lord, through the, to the kingdom of God, through ministries like this, God then turns around and he opens up doors for you for even greater increase. And that's why in each and every case, no matter what the sacrifice is, whether it's the poor person giving the widow's might, whether the child giving up their allowance, or whether it's a very wealthy person who writes a check for 10000 and don't even bat an eye, it all uh, uh, counts to put promoting and bettering the kingdom of God. And, and this brings me to point number three. Generous people give in response to a great cause. Generous people give in response to a great cause. Now, let's go to the word of God. Now, this time, let's go to 2 Corinthians. Okay, now I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to touch upon this because I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want you to take note. Write this down. 2 Corinthians the 8th chapter and the 9th chapter. We're not going to read the whole thing right now, but I want you to get it, okay? Let me let me get there. 2 Corinthians the 8th chapter and the 9th chapter. Okay? Now, the 8th chapter uh, let me just give you an understanding. It deals with collections that was given to the poor saints in Jerusalem. Collection that giving offering to help the poor saints, those who were uh, the, of the least, the lost, and left behind. But I want to take special note. I'm going to lift some things out of the eight chapter. I want you to read it: Second Corinthians eight and Second Corinthians nine. But watch what it says here. I want to look at this in verse number uh, eight, chapter and the ninth verse. Ready? I'm going to look at Second uh, Corinthians eight and nine. That's what I'm uplift right now, but I want you to read the whole thing. All right, now, uh, here is Paul, after Paul made the appeal for people to give. This is what he tells them, one of the purposes of your giving. 
the great purpose of the giving, found in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. For though, for you know that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he, yet for your sake he became poor, that through his poverty you might be rich. Now, in essence, what he was saying is that Jesus Christ gave it all. He gave his place in heaven. He gave his place in walking the streets of gold, the, the, you know, the city of living in the city of gold with pure pearls and all kinds of stuff to come down here to give of his life and his time to trade your sorrows for his blessing that you might become wealthy to understand the power of generosity to do the same thing. Now let's go over to 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, and this is what I'm, this is what I'm going to give out to you. Ready? All right. Like I said, read both chapters, but I'm going to lift certain things inside of it for the sake of time. I know we're drawing near. Watch 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, verse 6. It says, But I say this, He that sows sparingly, that means here a little or there a little, shall also reap sparingly, here a little, there a little. And he that sows bountifully, that means in abundance, shall reap also bountifully, that means in abundance. Verse number 7, Every man according to how he has purpose in his heart, so let him give. That means you give according to your heart. You want to be blessed. My son wants to be blessed. So he says, you know, I'm giving it all. I'm giving it all. And many of you, you may not be at a place where you can give it all. You may not be there yet. But ask yourself the question, what happens if you gave it all unto the Lord? What happens if you gave it all? How much more can God bless you as a result of doing that? And watch this with verse number eight. And God is able to make... All great, I'm sorry, uh, verse number seven, every man has a purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, not giving under your breath, saying, oh, every time I turn around, I got to give this, I got to give and you know, I ain't got enough, I, I only got enough for me, and no, if you're going to do all that, please keep it, because that don't, that, that don't, that don't, it don't bless you, nor does it bless the kingdom, not grudgingly or of necessity. But for God loves a cheerful giver, a jubilant giver, an excited giver. This is why when it comes time for offering time, we try to allow people to get excited about giving, not, not fear giving. If you are fearing giving because you know you don't have enough, then you have missed the point. Uh, even this, the widow with the two mites who has given her all. You have missed the very point that God want to show you. That whether it's large or small, you give from your substance. That generosity is why God can trust you to have even more. Now watch what the scripture says. Verse number eight, as you do this, and God is able to make all grace, that word grace is tied to favor. Grace and favor abound towards you. That you always have all sufficiency in all things. That means that you always have enough in all things that may abound to every good work. That means every good work you want to do as you are a giver, God will make sure you have enough to support that work that you want to give unto. Verse number nine, as it is written, he that disperses or gives out abroad, he has given to the poor uh, and his righteousness remaineth forever. Verse number 10, now he that gives seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown. So God says to the person who's generous, I'm going to multiply the seed sown. That's what he did with the, the little boy who gave the two fish and five loaves of bread. 
he multiplied that seed sown. And that boy went home with an abundance of food, all because he put it in the hand of the master. And watch this here, verse number 10, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. He says, as you are generous, I'm not only going to multiply your seed sown, I'm going to increase the results of your righteousness. That's what the fruits of your righteousness mean, your results, your fruits, whatever you produce, your righteousness produce, which means you can expect to be blessed. We're teaching overall in the church expectation for a new situation. Well, generosity is a part of that expectation. I'm generous because I expect for God to open up the doors of abundance and bless me more than I can handle, more than I can do. Watch verse 11. Being enriched in every good thing to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. Now, that's a powerful verse in verse 11. Because in essence, it says that when you're able to be generous, people will look at you and they will give God praise for, for you blessing them. They will thank God for what you've done in their life. My, the highest honor someone can give me is not $10 million. It's not a home. It's not a car. All that stuff is good. And if you want to give it, I take it. Praise the Lord. But that's not the highest honor you can give me. The highest honor you can give me is to say, Pastor Blue, I thank God for you. I'm learning more. I'm living better. I'm walking more. Come on. That's the greatest gift someone can give to me. The fact that they're thanking God on my behalf. Wow. Now watch this here, verse number 12. We're going to close out here. For the administration of this service not only supplies the wants of the saints, but is also abundant by many thanksgivings unto God. Everything I was just talking about. So, but, so by being able to be generous, it not only provides the wants of the saints, but it allows the saints to turn around and be grateful to you for the giving that you've done. And that's why I'm saying to you, listen to me, generous people give in response to a great cause. See, in 2 Corinthians, we see 8 and 9, we see the Corinthian church giving faithfully to help a community of people they've never met. The Corinthian church never been to Jerusalem, but they're giving to help the people of Jerusalem. Same thing with the Better Life Empowerment Movement. We do, our ministry does this, and we have been involved with many initiatives that, 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 listen to me, we have been involved with many initiatives that involve serving the least, the lost, and the left behind with every initiative. It's the generosity of our partners like you that enable us to make this impact. It's the generosity of our partners like yourself that enable us to reach out to the, the least, the lost, and the left behind, helping them to experience better. And it's your continued generosity that would allow us to do even more in the time to come. Let me give you number four. We got 10 minutes. And I, I told you I got five things I'm going to give you. And then we're going to close out, okay? All right? Well, again, I got to teach you this. Because if you're saying you're worthy of wealth, generosity is going to be a major component to God knowing he can trust you. If you're not generous, if you're stingy, if you're like, no, I got to do for me, myself, and no more. Then that right there. It's going to limit what God can do in your life because the, 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 the thoughts and desires of your heart is already being shown. All right. Number four, the fourth, the fourth example. All right. Is generous people give more than just their money. Now, it's very appropriate. We talk about this, that generous people give more than just their money. 
All right, in Luke, the 10th chapter, write this down, Luke 10, verse 25 to 37. I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, but I want you to read it. In Luke 10, verse 25 to 37, Jesus tells the classic story of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan was one who gave his time, his resources, and his skill to meet the need of a man who had been left for dead on the side of the road. The Samaritan makes himself valuable and available, I mean, me. The Samaritan makes himself vulnerable and available. This is the very definition of hospitality, whereby you will put yourself out. I've always said to the Lord, you know, the reason why I'm going to need, and this is me personally, I'm going to need a home that has over 10,000 or more square feet, is I want to be a blessing to people. That if somebody's going through or they're in need, I want to be able to bring them in and say, listen, here, take, you know, some time. Come live with me. Let me let me pour into you. Let you be in a godly atmosphere. Amen. Amen. Now, I learned that because my mama used to do it on the way. Now, we didn't have 10,000 square feet. Amen. That's why I said I need 10,000 square feet, because if you're going to do that, you need some time to have areas where you can go along alone to yourself to have you and your time. Amen. But my mama used to do that all the time. We used to have people in the family who was going on hard times and living in difficult spaces. They would move in with us. And my mama, she made what she made for one, she made for all and did all kinds of stuff. And I've always, I've never forgotten that. And this is why I was always blessed to be a blessing that whatever God blesses me with, I would share it. I would understand the spirit of generosity. That, okay, God, if you bless me with this, how can I use this to serve someone else? This is what this, this, this uh, uh, man did, uh, what this, uh, this good Samaritan did with this uh, 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 gentleman who was left on the side of the road. See, he understood what it meant to be vulnerable, to put himself out there, and to, to be hospitable. And I want you to hear me. Write this down if you must. Generosity and hospitality are very closely linked. They go together. And in today's culture, we see more and more uh, that uh, generous givers want to give more than just their financial resources. This is especially true of young givers, millennials. See, they want to get on their feet and and, and get on the ground and start running. They They want to serve with the causes they're giving to. They want to help out. They want to get involved. They want to jump in. And, and, and this is what we should do. We should all be willing to jump in with whatever we give, whether it's money, time, or skills, and, and see what God will do when we give uh, uh, through every way. And that's why, again, number four, the fourth example is generous people give more than just money. It's not just about your giving them money. I tell people all the time, I don't want you just tithing into this ministry or giving to the ministry. I want you showing up. I want you to be on the calls where you're, you're learning of the word, where you're applying the principles to your life. That's why, yes, you can give. That's okay. But I need you to do more than just give. I want you to be actively involved in carrying out the assignment that the Better Life Empowerment Movement has done. And the fifth one and the last one, because we are, uh, uh, you know, our time is drawing near. Generous people give even when it doesn't make sense. Generous people give even when it doesn't make sense. We see this in Genesis, the, uh, 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 the 45th chapter. 
And I'm not going to read it for the sake of time, but you can write it down. Genesis 45. When we, we find Joseph responding graciously and generously to his fa family, even when logic would tell him not to do so. See, sometimes giving to a project or to a cause makes no sense to anyone else but you. Sometimes when you give it, you know, somebody might say, well, why you got it tied to a ministry that doesn't have a building? <laughs> you know, it, it may not make sense to other people, but to you, it makes sense. Why does it make sense to you? Because you understand the principles behind your giving. See, like Joseph, you may have been mistreated. You may have been harmed in some way by a church or by some kind of cause or by a, a people. But because you still believe in the mission of the organization, uh, you still give freely, even though there's hard feelings, even though there may be difficulties. See, this kind of situation is a real test for many people. It requires what is called a grace check. It gets at the very heart of the commitment to being a generous person. And we all got to go with that grace check. There's many times that somebody may not deserve it. Somebody may not, you know, but you give anyhow because you understand that God has given unto you even when you don't deserve it. Let's be honest. Do you really, did you really deserve the job you have? The promotion you got? Did you really deserve it? Or have God was gracious enough to give to you to allow you to see his generosity? And I want you to understand that when we make a commitment, it gets to the very heart of the commitment of being a generous person. We got to move beyond our humanity. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to overcome. Sometimes even when it's when your own needs, you got to move beyond your own needs and say, okay, Lord, what with what I have, what do you need done? I'm willing to give it all. In some cases, do it all if I must. However, if you're going to set aside differences in order to help, someone or to help something be done, that's the right thing with your generosity. This is a real act of maturity, true maturity, true Christ-likeness, forsaking yourself and serving others. We teach it, God first, others next, then yourself. See, this shows that you are ready for God to use you and to work through you in this matter. And I want to tell you that when you obey God's word about giving and generosity, you are getting involved, you are getting God involved in your life supernaturally. You are never more like Jesus than when you give. You are never more like Jesus than when you give. Whether you're living on 80% with God or involved or, 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 or whether you're giving of 100%, doesn't matter. Anytime you give, you are getting God involved in your situation. I'm telling you, and I, I want to beg, I want to tell you straight up. People who are poor and struggling, the reason why they stay in that state is God never gets involved with them because he can't. They don't invite him in. They got a whole lot of needs, but I teach you this all the time. Your needs don't move God. Your faith does. Your needs don't move God. Your faith does. I have never met anyone, any person who have practicing given 10% or the 20% that we teach, 20% that go to the kingdom. And did not have their needs met in their life. I have never met anyone. Please, someone, if you're out there and you're a giver and you're faithful, and I mean faithful giver, not a sometime giver, because if you give sometime and you're blessed sometime, you're even. Because that's what the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians. You give uh, uh, sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. But if you are a faithful giver and, and you're still struggling and you don't have and things are, oh, doors are not being opened, 
please email me at pastoralblue at gmail.com and I will change my position on the word and on everything because you have now become the first person in all of history, human existence, for God not to honor his word in your giving, in your generosity. But I want to know about it because I love challenging. He said, prove me now here with and see while I open the windows of heaven. So I want to prove God. That's right. I, I love to be able to prove God. Amen. But again, if, if it does not work for you, email me at pastoralblue at gmail.com. Let me know your story. And I promise you we will lift it up and we'll, we'll change our approach. But if it is working for you, you still can email me. I want to hear your testimony. I want to hear how your mind have changed based on generosity as a result of this. Now, see, when we allow God to be a part of our life in a supernatural way by giving biblically, now we're able and we're ready to walk in wealth. Now we're ready to understand why we're worthy of wealth because God knows he can trust us with it. So as we get ready to close out, I want to lift up this segment. Uh, this week's segment, The Christian Billionaires You Should Know, we deal with this every week. We look at a very successful billionaire in this case. We may go down to the millionaires or whatever, but right now it's the billionaires. A Christian billionaire that you should know. This person's name is Jin Sook. S-O-O-K. J-I-N-S-O-O-K. Jin Sook is one of the co-founders of the clothing chain Forever 21. You can see that in, in malls all across the country. The other founder is her husband, Du Wong Chang Suk. Now, Du Wong Chang, which is the husband, partnered with his wife. They created Forever 21. See, Jin Suk, that's her name. Jin Suk was raised in a born-again Christian family and, re and, 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 and revealed to The Guardian, which is a Christian publication, that when she came to the United States... She went to the top of a mountain to pray. That's when God told her uh, to open up a fashion retail store. God told her this. And since then, Forever 21 prints the verse, John 3.16, on their bags. Every time a person purchases something, on their bags, John 3.16 is printed on their bags, hoping to spread the word and make a statement through generosity. They also give millions of dollars away every year to promote the good news of Jesus Christ. Here, and they're billionaires today as a result of it. Now think about that. God increased them to become a billionaire from a clothing store in which they give back millions of dollars to the kingdom. And they print John 3.16 on every bag as a way of witnessing to every person who buy, whether they're Christian or not, from their company. I'm telling you. And, and that vision came to her by, in prayer on a mountain. See, she was open to believe God and became a billionaire as a result of it. Do you get it now? See, and I'm going to say this in conclusion because our time is up. We must be a giver, not a grabber. We must live generously, not greedily. We need to give freely because God gave all he has given, all that he's given to you, God has given freely. And we got to live open-handedly, not close-handed, open-handedly. Sharing, sharing these principles with your family or your friends or anybody you're connected with is how people will understand that it's, everything you have is none of yours. You are only a manager of it, a steward of it. By the way, even when you die, you should make plans to leave at least 10% of your life, your legacy, to, the, to your ministry. 
Additionally, practicing generosity by giving to your ministry above and beyond that first 10%. That's why we teach giving 20. And then you'll be able to advance the gospel globally, even throughout your death. I was so uh, amazed. My father who passed, uh, he had an insurance policy. And a part of that insurance policy, uh, he had uh, had inside of there uh, Better Life Empowerment Movement, you know, to give to Better Life. And um, um, again, it's only about $1,000 or so. It's a little bit. But guess what? He wanted to get, even in his death, he said, I want to give back. Unto a ministry I supported that I love, that, that I believe for. And that touched me so much that he wasn't talking about, oh, what can I give? What can I get? What can I get? And many of you know that Father Blue, we called him Father Blue affectionately. He was with us on a lot of our outreaches down in Orlando. He was with us whenever he would come down and things we do across the country. You know, he was with us sometimes when I when I when I put out a decree to challenge people to give, he he'll say, Well, I can't get that, but this is what I can't give. <laughs> that was my father, man. What amazing testimony. That is amazing. But even in his death, he had an insurance policy. And when the insurance company uh, contacted us, they said, oh, yeah, there's about close to a thousand. It wasn't exactly a thousand, close to a thousand that's going to be given to the ministry, to the church, Better Life Empowerment Movement. As a result of what he's did, my point is this, you have to allow God to be a part of your life in every supernatural way, even by giving biblically, even by giving biblically. And I'm saying this to you as we close out and we're done right here, that you want to be wealthy. It starts with your generosity. You want to be wealthy. It starts with your generosity. How generous will you be? How generous will you be for the kingdom of God? Do ministries like the Better Life Empowerment Movement. And if you can ask God to challenge you, and that's what I'm going to pray for you today. I'm going to pray that God challenges your heart and generosity. Because we can't talk about wealth without the, the, the methods, without understanding the mindset. Because now when you set your mind, say, God, Lord, I'm going to do for you. And I'm not talking about when you get all the millions. Because some of you say, well, God, I do it. I, I, I give you millions when I get it. You don't really believe that because if you're not if you're not faithful over the few things, you're not going to be faithful over uh, over the much. You'll know you give unto God freely when you can do that now, when you can look around and say, you know, what what can I do? What can I do to generate income to support the gospel of Jesus Christ through ministries like the better life? What can I do? And when you focus on that, because I'm always thinking about that. I'm always looking at ways in which we can generate more, you know, cash flow to be a blessing towards the initiative. We got a $30 million vision, $30 million. And I'm not out begging people to give millions. I'm saying, Lord, open up a door that we can be a part of, that we can support this vision to go forth and do what you've called nationwide. Because generosity is what needs to be, the, it's a foundation of wealth creation. Your generosity. And when God can trust you to be generous, then you will see the hand of God in your life. Amen. Do you receive that today? Do you receive the word today? That's right. We're going to make it available for all those who, who want a copy of this teaching. Maybe you want to go back over it. You want to listen to it, re-listen to it. Guess what? We have the capacity for you to do such. Do so. And that's without us mailing it to you. It's an easy, simple download that we will make available, especially to those who will give unto the ministry today for your gift, for your gift. And I want to challenge those who can 
uh, as I begin to seek the Lord for this, and I said, God, what is there anything you want me to challenge your people to give in? The Lord spoke to me and said that he want to challenge this, this one person whom the Lord is challenging to give a six. I saw the it's number six, $600 seed. Now, why six and not, why not three? I don't know. It's what God said. $600 seed. Everyone else, I want you to get as close as 60 as possible. 60 as possible. But if you're the one to give a $600 seed, I'm telling you, give generously. You, maybe you can do it. Maybe you, you know, it's set aside and you're saying, you know what? I want to give unto the Lord in this way. Give generously. There's two ways you can give into this ministry. And if you can't do 60, but you can do six, doesn't matter. It's the fact that you are generous. I always teach you. Unless the Lord is saying something specifically, the amount never matters. It's the behavior that matters. And you should never receive good teaching or be in the atmosphere of good teaching and never give unto the work of God based upon the ministry that goes forth. You should never want to do that. You have been listening to Building the Better Life with Dr. Adrian L. Blue, produced by Adrian L. Blue Enterprises Incorporated. We trust that you've been blessed by the teachings of this ministry. Please let us know by sharing your thoughts with Dr. Blue at pastoralblue at gmail.com. For more information and to download today's broadcast, please visit www.betterlifeseeker.com. Just click the tab that says More, then Shop. Thank you for spending time with the ministry to discover cutting-edge strategies that will inspire you to go higher. If you'd like to give a donation to support the ministry, you can. Text the amount to 407-456-7300. That's 407-756-7300. Or go to www.betterlifeseeker.com and click the Donate Now tab. Every gift is a blessing for better. We bless you, we love you, and we'll see you again next time on Building the Better Life.